This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. In this league, Podcast Network presents Prospect One, the Fantasy Prospect Podcast. Prospect One, with your host, Chris Welch. This is Prospect One, the Fantasy Baseball Prospect Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Welsh. Find me on Twitter at Is It the Welsh, and of course, over at patreon.com slash ITL Army. Welcome in, my friends, to today's episode where I'm going to kind of go back to the well a little bit. Such a positive response from the last episode, which is something that's so funny because, you know, you can go and you can do a, a fine episode, a non, but it was a very nonchalant episode for, for me. It was, you know, just kind of doing some scouring, and then I just kind of had this idea. I'm like, hey, I'll just pick up all this stuff, and I'll kind of talk with you, and you guys just had such a nice, positive response on liking maybe some of the conversation and the nuggets in Instructs. I thought I would do one more, especially because Instructs is ending Today, Halloween is when I'm dropping this. Uh, that is the last day of Instructs for the most part. There might be a couple days that are extended through, but I figured let's do this one more time and then we're going to jump into some of the early positional ranks. So that's what we're going to do today. Went, scoured, found some new stuff, some other good nuggets across the board, even some other teams, and we're going to be talking about Instructs as well. Steamer just dropped their projections for the year, and I went through them and I looked for some prospects and a little bit of conversation we're going to have on some Steamer prospects towards the end. And then, of course, we'll be going through all of the fun Instruct stuff. Friends, if you guys want to support Prospect One, the best way that you can do it is come and join up over on Patreon for as little as five bucks. I mean, there's a dollar thread, but that's just if you want to like just be a supporter with... Uh, I mean, we do some like chats and stuff on there, but the $5 one is where you want to start. That will get you the top 500 list, the dynasty list, which is going to be updated within the next couple days. We've also got a uh, Prospect One group me room. We've got live chats. We've got live streams. We've just got special bonus content. And we actually just dropped a brand new logo for in this league. It's our uh, it's a big it's a big deal for us at least because we've had that same kind of in this league stamped logo for man how six years a little over six years actually I think October ironically is the anniversary so I think we just surpassed our six year mark of in this league and uh, we're celebrating November with a brand new logo we dropped it over on the Patreon so if you just want to be a part of the universe and you want to get the stuff and the access. Best way to do it, and uh, you're, you know, we're independent podcasters, so you are supporting us and supporting our work to continue doing more. And like I said, November 1st is the best time. Not just like November 1st, but the first of any month is the best time because there's a whole month ahead of you. So you're not missing anything. There's no justification you need to have. You got the whole month uh, where we got some of the secret shows. And uh, like I said at the beginning, probably Monday to Tuesday, so that'll be like the second or third, I will be uh, dropping my new update on the top uh, 500 prospect list, on the dynasty list, and actually also my redraft rank. So it'll be my first pass, my first go at it. I kind of have like a system of, of how I do that. So this is the first pass, and you'll see some more dramatic in the next version over. And that, I mean, that's just scratching the surface of the stuff that we do. So uh, you want to check all that out? Come and see us, patreon.com slash ITL Army. 
and I would appreciate it. Plus, I'm planning some like giveaway stuff. You know, we kind of did that last year around Fall League. It was a really good time to do some giveaways, and I'd kind of like to do that again. We might do something for November, definitely for December. Uh, Christmas time makes all the sense in the world. So uh, check it out, friendos. Um, we're going to get to Instructs here, and then obviously the Steamer stuff. But a big piece of news that dropped, and it's funny because this was shared. This a version of this was kind of shared with me by somebody uh, some months ago, or a month ago, or something like that. That this was on the table. That that here's a better way to put it: that the minor leagues we're still dicey for 2021. I know a lot of people think like, all right, cool, 2020, we got out of it. We got through the baseball season. Let's get back to normal. I agree. It doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Or it's not on, It's not necessarily a uh, foregone conclusion. And so much so, Evan Drellich shared this, I want to say, what was this, on Thursday, I think it was, that currently baseball is already, I mean, they're already preparing for the worst for next year, which is not a bad thing, that spring training is going to be staggered for 2021. Specifically, not maybe not specifically, but like for sure if there is no uh, COVID vaccine. And the premise of what they're talking about, and if you want to go check out the full article, I think other people have probably written about it, but it's over at The Athletic, is that major league players and AAA players would be the first to report in spring training. Now, so if you're not familiar with how spring training works, I mean, you are, but like the full details about mid-February is they say this quote, pitchers and catchers. Let me tell you something. 80 to 85% of the organization is there. Trust me. And, but they do have these like, you know, focus points. The reason not everybody is there is I'll just tell you, it's it's the stars aren't there. You know, I remember being there in uh, mid-February when it was pitchers, catchers, and maybe like, I don't even know if the position players had set yet. And I was over at the Padres facility and that was, I was actually one of the first times I saw Ty Francis past year and I started oohing and on about him. And the reason he was getting so much run was because most of the Padres were there except Machado. He had not reported yet. So sometimes the studs are, you know, they're out doing their thing, coming off vacation. So it's not a mandatory thing. Most people are there regardless of the indication of catch, pitchers and catchers and um, they're just working. The other guys, especially the minor leaguers, tend to be out there. Then you kind of have the official start. Everyone's there. And then you have minor league spring training that starts up. And that usually starts up with about two-ish weeks to go, you know, about roughly, uh, until spring training ends. The minor league spring training would start up. So this this last year, it started up, I think it was March 11th. And they got like a day or two into it. And then everything shut down. And again, the minor leaguers are all pretty much there. They're almost all there. And then they just get their official minor league workouts and they start their games beforehand. So that's kind of like, the it is this perceived mini staggered process through spring training, but in reality, like majority of there. So, okay, now that you don't care about that, come back to what they're talking about here is that the major league players slash 40-man rosters and AAA players would initially report. Once they go... And they're gone. So presumably AAA players would not have any sort of a minor league spring training. They would just be involved in the major league. Once they're out to start the season, the lower level minor leaguers. So you've got your, you know, your whatever, low, low A, mid A and double A players would then report, which would push back the start 
of a double A and like an you know and, and the A levels, not the and obviously the short season, the short season ball probably wouldn't be affected. But you would now have probably a month, I would say, cut off of the minor league season for double A down. It would almost be their own version of short season ball. That's if the minor league season plays. That's a big if. It's not a little if, it's a big if. It's kind of wildly known that the minor league season has to have fans to play. Now, I think baseball as a whole could interject and and I think like there's some there's plenty of people and rightfully so believe if fans can't go to minor league games, there will be, will be no minor league season. That's definitely on the table. I think I think it's a possibility because of some of the teams viewed success of alt sites. You know, you're not, you get, you're not giving the credit. You guys, you guys got to realize like there were a lot of pluses teams and it's a little scary because you, you know, none of us want to see the demise of minor league baseball. So, so it's a little bit scary, but like as much as we're like, Oh man, they lost development stuff. They didn't, you know, like teams were able to have a focal point on the, the top end of their system and some guys might have moved further than you believe. I mean, look at, um, oh man, it's slipping my mind. I mean, Garrett Crochet was able to just report to alt camp and go to the major leagues. And it's completely slipping my mind who it was. There were a couple guys that didn't even, um, I don't even think they got to double A and they went straight to the majors this year. And it's because of the work that they can get in with, you know, full staffs against the entire organization of levels and the competition. I mean, that's what minor leagues is about. It's about this like staggered tiered production and these benchmarks that teams are wanting to see. But, you know, at the end of the day, you see a guy that you're like, all right, you know, he's got to go to single and double and da da da. But you see him out here just dominating everybody in your organization. It's going to make you think twice. It's going to make you think a little bit. So that's on the table of why baseball could be like, hey, listen, we're not going to eat this money to development. You know, like you see Manfred putting up air quotes, Ugh, put the clown nose on him now. And you could see him being like, oh, do for development. We're not going to waste the money because of the success I saw at the alt sites. But on the inverse, that is kind of my argument that for me, I think it would be really hard pressed for teams to justify. They've already cut so much, you know, from their scouting staffs, but the amount of money these guys are spending on these internet, this international talent to have two years of just completely missed competitive development. I just don't see base. I, I can't see the owners going through that one more time, but you know what? We couldn't have seen what happened here. So, you know, everything they're talking about with the staggered, this and that, I think what it shows you is it is not a foregone conclusion that the minor league season will play. And for them to already kind of be ahead and saying, this is what we're doing that leads up one big question. And really, truly, I, I, I think you're going to have a pretty good idea what's going to happen with the minor league season come January. Because if cases, I mean, cases are kind of getting dicey right now. If cases are up and things are crazy and, you know, it'll be right on the precipice of, you know, coming off of the inauguration of, of presidents and stuff like that. You know, if you've got kind of disarray across the board and lockdowns, you're not gonna, I don't know if you're going to have a minor league season. And I think those people are going to be justified. If we, if we are nowhere closer to, you know, countrywide, not having fans in any stadium whatsoever, it's going to be tough. And you might have alt sites again. Let's hope not. But um, great article. Go check it out. Spring training. As of this moment, this look like looks like it's what it, what 
as of this moment, it looks like that's what's going to happen. And if you do have a minor league season, it's going to look a lot different. You know, I don't think there's any guarantees that a AAA season even happens. But, you know, it, they could have some type of an alt site thing if things are still weird next year. And it could be to the AAA players. But, you know, just monitor it. Double A and down might become more of a short season next year. And we're all going to have to cross our fingers for the best, right? All right. Uh, quick break. Let's go talk about what has been going on in Instructs as we come to a close. We're going to come to a close of the Instructional League and a presumed time off. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say, I like you. I like you so much, I'm going to make you my partner. All you have to do is find the gold, and I'll share it with you 50-50. Prospect one. All right, so let's kick off some of these instruct notes. Again, I, I just kind of scoured lots of different places. I don't want to try to take anybody's content. I mean, obviously, Pipeline has got some more detailed stuff that I'm, I'm pulling a, a few reports from. Uh, there are just you know different Twitter accounts across the board, some good articles. Athletic has got some great stuff. So this is just kind of scouring and trying to find any fun information that we can about instructional league players and what they might be doing and what type of production. And, you know, someone did bring up a point that I, I thought, and I think I did, and, and we weren't talking about me, but our, our boy Nate in uh, one of our group me rooms was talking about kind of the overreaction that they're already seeing. And I definitely do not disagree. And I, and I think I was putting this out there in, in my diatribe of telling you, like, you really got to be careful about you as a consumer, about the people that you dive into. You got to really trust because there's going to be a lot of people trying to create nothing out of thin air uh, because of there's so little things. But also what his comment though was about the overreaction to small sample to a, let's say a video or um, a, a tiny little report or something like that. Similar to kind of what I'm doing, I'm giving you little reports, but about how people are reacting and ranking and moving and stuff like that. And you have to be careful. You absolutely do. The The sample sizes that we're dealing with can be dangerous if people go nuts. So that's uh, just a reiteration of, you know, make sure you're locked into your peeps and uh, hopefully they will do you right. And uh, just, yeah, be careful, you know, because there are small sample sizes of all these things, but there are there are logical things that you can pick here that can uh, work in your favor. Now, moving over to the Rays for a minute and Wander Franco, there's a couple interesting things that popped out. This was shared from Mark Topic, uh, Tampa Bay Times underscore Rays. You know, he's like the Rays guy that you would look for. And this is not encouraging that the quote was, let me pull up both of these tweets here because I think I've got the second one up. This had to do with Wander Franco. 
He quotes Neander, who says there is no set plan for Wander Franco as far as getting to the majors next season and that nothing will be handed to him because of prospect status. Okay. I think the second comment is like, duh. You know, any any organization is going to do that with prospects. The first comment is concerning. There's no set plan. I mean, you can take that a million different ways. You, you don't have to overreact to it and be like, oh, they're not going to bring him up at all. They're just saying none of the plans that they are currently making, especially moving into free agency, are built around, we don't need to do this because Wander Franco is coming. Okay, we'll do that. I mean, you guys had him on the, you know, the, the, the Taxi Squad roster in the World Series. He's one of the more advanced players that we've ever seen. But yeah, okay, sure. Uh, no plans. He continued to say that Franco is, quote, well above average defensive shortstop, but he also notes that, quote, we've got a few guys that can really play shortstop and that Franco certainly has the abilities to play other positions if that's how he gets to the majors. So maybe third base, maybe second base. I mean, he's kind of a, you know, Wander's a thicker, strong guy. I think third base makes a lot of sense. You can keep Willie Adamas there. If they wanted to go um, go that spot, I mean, you don't want to get Brandon Lau out of the lineup at second base. So um, I can dig the third base if that's what he's alluding to. I think if in spring training, by the way, who the hell would Wander Franco work with in spring training? If they're going to have major, he, this guy was just on the taxi squad and on the taxi squad for the World Series. Would they stagger him? Would he not be with the AAA and the the major league players after this past season, or would he be on the staggered one? That could mean a lot. You know, if, if, if he's invited to the major league portion and he's working at third base, that tells me Wander's coming and he's coming soon. And it's probably going to be about manipulation of service time. Cause if there's, you know, one team that will do that and can do that, I suppose it's the Rays, especially a superstar like Wander Franco. They have no need or want to push him so they're going to get their years but if they know he's going to contribute they'll just go past service time and i thought that was kind of interesting uh another note i forgot i was going to save part of this for later but i'm not going to do that now because of this note i forgot i put in here but wander franco is officially and was granted the ability to go play in the dominican league He's going to be playing, oh boy, what is the team? Does it say what the team is? Sorry, I've got to do all the translating here. Juan de Franco, uh, La Temporada de Todos, the Todos I think he's going to play for. And the note I wanted to give you on that, I thought this was cool, is that the, uh, this is from DR Sports On, and let me translate this one as well, that... <clears throat> They are going to be broadcasting, broadcasting some of these. Um, I believe these are the Dominican League games. Yes, this is drsports.tv. And if you buy before November 14th, you can get access to a full season at 14 bucks. That is regular, the semifinals and final. And you save five bucks when you do it. So if you buy now, um, you get 14, 15 bucks. It's 20 bucks after that. And a lot of players are going over. Uh, Julio Rodriguez was granted access to go and play over here. And so what I'm getting at is this is a chance for you as a prospect person to actually catch some guys in live competitive action that are being broadcast. And I think they're broadcast 
I mean, it's like YouTube. It's not YouTube, but it's like that. It's on their website and stuff like that. So, uh, Juan Franco, Julio Rodriguez, there's uh, American players, there's uh, other international players, there's prospects that are going to be out there, guys that miss time. Um, all season long, they might be kind of moving through. So, DR Sports on is the Twitter handle. And if you guys tweet me, I'll, I'll send that out there. But early bird, 15 bucks, and you might be able to see Wander Franco in some action. And that could be a little bit eye-opening. Let's go over to some Indians news. Indians perspective. They're at the pulse of everything, man. As far as Indians go, they've got, you know, a bunch of internal connections that get all the good videos that they are uh, putting out over there. And there were a couple interesting notes that they had. And I, I pulled three. First one was a video from the 27th that was shared. And it was it was a video of the Indians outfield uh, developmental coach, JT McGuire. And he was working with Will Benson during instructs in the outfield and Nolan Jones. And it's very it's great to me personally, because you guys know from a million times over, I tell you, I used to live a, a stone's throw from, not necessarily a stone throw, but five minutes away from the Indians and Reds facility. And theirs is very iconic because if you watch the video, you see all the airplanes in the back. It's kind of like a, it's like a, uh, an airplane graveyard that's back there of all these just big 747s that are out there. So any video you see, you just see all these planes. But Nolan Jones working in the outfield is a very interesting development because you know he's been a he's a he's a big ass dude. By the way, you know I told you I'm six I'm between six foot three and six foot four, and I remember meeting Nolan and I was like looking up at him. You know, he's six foot five, feels like he's six foot six, stoned muscle, and the bat has been coming along pretty good. OBP guy. Been at third base, could easily be a first baseman, and this is the Indians creating flexibility and looking to get that bat in the lineup. I am not optimistic about Will Benson, unfortunately. Will Benson's bat has just—he's got amazing power, but the hit tools never come along. But Nolan Jones is a different story, and him working in the outfield could be the impetus to him playing earlier on, especially if the Indians don't go and find a whole bunch of extra guys to because that outfield is a disaster right now. Um, if they don't go to fill it in free agency or they leave a hole out there, Nolan Jones is someone could, that could fill that. So I think that's optimistic. And, you know, as a third baseman, he could easily go play in right field if it works defensively. Indians Perspective also shared, and I suggest you go, Indians Pro is a Twitter handle, go check out all these, shared some video of the 2020 first round pick Tanner Burns. And Tanner looked pretty solid. Uh, Burns fastball, they said, was sitting between 94 and 97. He was flashing the slider, and his changeup was uh, diving a little bit. One thing I think it's interesting, and, and I'm, I'm currently watching as I'm talking to you with this, is Tanner Tanner definitely messes with the timing a little bit with his leg. I saw him do a couple a couple of the pitches. He's got a little leg pump. Oh yeah, see right there, man. That was a that was a Dan ha that was a Dan Heron esque leg pump he just pulled on the last pitch. If you go and watch this, this is really interesting, but. He is. Uh, he was pumping inside to righties. He drops a slider to the left. He's getting swings and misses. I'm not, it's kind of hard in the video to see. That looked like a changeup that he got a big dirty swing on. And then going up against a lefty, he just looks like he buried him with a slider on the outside. Uh, Tanner looks pretty interesting, man. You know, there's some maybe there might have been a little bit of bullpen uh, worry or something like that. But I really I love. I love these guys that mess with timing and mess with hitters. It's just, 
it's an extra tool that so many pitchers I think should be utilizing and they don't enough where, you know, just mess with, I mean, there, there are some pitchers in the past that have done fun stuff with like different arm angles and whatever, but I've always been, I'm a sucker for any time you see a pitcher that's going to mess with the timing of their pitch. And Tanner is doing, you, you really see it on display in this video. And that last one killed me because it, I'm telling you, it is just an absolute Dan Heron-esque. Like he just almost stops with his leg in the air and then comes back. I mean, for hitters to try to do that. So uh, very encouraging to see the th- uh, 36 overall pick out there getting work. Looks like he's getting a lot of swings and strikes. Mid-90s fastball. Uh, the slider looks definitely solid, and I'm loving the changeup. And as Indians Pro says, he has a chance to move quickly through the system. It could be in relief, of course, but, you know, just monitor it. And the other one, it's just a personal favorite of mine, is there's some new video of uh, Junior San Quentin, who's someone I've talked about for a little while. Gabriel Rodriguez was the big international guy, and he's he's got – Rodriguez got swagger. I can tell you that from personal experience of being around. He's definitely got – you know, I – I paint black, you know, all in the eyes and he's got all the armbands and he's just, he's kind of bopping around and the bat's kind of there. But San Quentin is like, I don't know. He, he's the unheralded one. He's quiet. And one of the things that stood out to me in the video was it looks like he has filled into his body. He's still young, 18 years old. When I've seen him, I've seen him in, I've seen him twice. And now if we want to consider this video, the third time, this third one is kind of like, this is the filled out body. The first one was this kind of skinnier kid. The second time I saw him was in March. He was the last prospect that I was just like around until the the lockdown went down. And he was, I don't know how to say this any better than this, kind of boxy, you know, like you could tell the weight was coming on, but it hadn't formed into muscle. That looks like that has changed over the last six months. And that was encouraging. And I think he's a I kind of like the bat. I think there's big power. I think Gabriel Rodriguez's swing is more explosive, but Junior San Quentin, I think, has more raw power, and it looks like he could be even working out at some third base, and his body's just gotten bigger. That I think he's kind of one of those unheralded guys to be on the lookout for with the Indians. Over on the Marlins, Fish Stripes is the Twitter handle. There's this is a lot here, but... I remember, I think it was Eddie Amanger and I a while back who talked about this, but Jose Salas was an international signee for the Indians. And I think this is shared in our group me room as well. Just of note, 165 pounds when he signed, just looks like just this little young kid out there. And he is, and this was in, I think, uh, yeah, July of 2019. He's now up to a buck 91 over on the right. You see a lot more muscle. And Salas was seen as like a uh, a high hit tool type of player. So, you you know, you're up to 191 already. And if you're going to start building on that, there might be some big breakout if that bat keeps coming along. So uh, big weight gain, almost uh, 30 pounds, I suppose. And it doesn't look like it was uh, all the chubbed up weight or anything like that. This one was definitely shared in the group me rooms. And I just thought it was interesting to pick back up on because I'm a big fan of this guy. And this is an article on Mason Martin. And this was over at the Post-Gazette on Mason Martin. And uh, the title of the article is Inside the Making of Pirates Power-Hitting Prospect Mason Martin. And Martin, I think last year at 20 years old, 35 homers. He's got insane power. The batting average hasn't come along. There's a there's a very Bobby Dahlback-ness to him, except that like Bobby Dahlback is just, he's just a large human being. Just a lot. Like, I'm a big, large human being. Bobby Dalbeck is a large human being. Mason Martin is a big dude, but he is an absolute muscle freak. He's a gym rat, is what you could say. And the article 
I think I just thought it was interesting because it talks a lot about what Martin was going through and dealt with during COVID that he was locked up with his younger brother and who seems to, and the older brother, Chad Martin seems to kind of be the impetus to a lot of this in how they went just ape on working out. It was just nonstop every day, get the gains, build the muscle. And this, this is an insane power hitter. This is a motivated guy too. It goes through his dad. It's talking about how he's been training since he was eight or nine years old. I thought it was a great article. Mason looks ridiculous. He does. I will tell you, he has the look of a guy where it's like, well, how the hell is the bat going to get around? One part in the article is interesting. It says the transformation Martin made leading up to the 2019 season. And before this, it kind of talked about how uh, workout routines were off. And I guess Martin had like a 23, 23% body fat before this. And then in July of 2020, he's now up to like, you know, 11% body fat. And this was like, you know, from the previous year, but it goes, the transformation Martin made leading up to the 2019 season helped him immensely for a few reasons. A high school quarterback pirates actually drafted him as an outfielder, but he was also touching 90 as a pitcher. Martin felt his athleticism return. He no longer felt tight at the plate, which he also credits to a yoga routine. He said, feeling more balanced, Mason did a better job getting his swing off quickly, buying him an extra millisecond at the plate, while also finally finding some consistency in his approach and execution. And it goes on and on that this is a huge, big muscle guy also working on agility. You just, you got to love Mason Martin. And, you know, for the things people like about how, you know, Tyler O'Neill, I mean, there's probably a similarity there. You know, Tyler O'Neill gets in and he gets big workouts and, Told you Kelnick wants to continue growing. Mason Martin is there. And the guy at 20 years old hit 35 home runs in 2019. And in this past offseason, he didn't get work. I don't think he was over at the alt camps, but he was out there working every single day. The worry is all that time lifting weights, you'd like to also be seeing pitches. And that's what we'll have to monitor and see. But it was on a good trajectory of lowering body fat, being more agile, being, you know, improving the ability to get the bat through the zone quicker, but it's always going to be a pitch recognition. And that was something that's something that has haunted him and and, uh, followed him. So it'd be very interesting to follow. But if you want to take a gamble on a pure power play, Mason Martin is your dude and I'll, I'll gamble with him. Uh, MLB pipeline had a follow this, like another article. Um, I don't know what the other one was, but it's might've been a follow-up. The one I talked about last week, uh, Mike Rosenbaum from just a couple days ago was over with the Diamondbacks and they had all new guys to talk about. And I found a couple of really interesting ones. I told you guys about all of the stuff with Christian Robinson. I thought was eye opening. There's some uh, good notes on AJ Vukovic, who was in the most recent draft. And again, I don't wanna, I don't wanna, like say everything in here because I'm not trying to take somebody's um, somebody's work, but I am noting some of it. But please go and read it. There is a thought process that this Wisconsin. I know some of my Wisconsin people will be happy. Um, this prep player might be a major, major sleeper that they were able to pick up in this last draft. Uh, Josh Barfield, who is the player development, says the guy's absolutely been raking. He says this guy absolutely rakes. He has as much, if not more power than any guy here. It's not just the swing and miss pop. He barrels up two and three balls every single game. He's had missiles, home runs. He's been incredibly impressive. Now, if you also go through the Nuggets, Barfield doesn't have a lot of negative to say about a lot of players, but you're always looking for those popped words. 
And that is a very pop statement to me from Barfield of not just like, yeah, he's been great. We're really impressed. But he's like, no, no, no. Like he has distinctive. This guy is huge power. It's not the swing and miss power. This is barreled missiles, homers. He uses the word incredible. Take that. He also says he's also a better athlete than I think we all realized. We put him primarily at third base. And he's shown that he has a chance to be pretty good there. We've seen vast improvements in several weeks he's been there. That's huge. That's huge stuff from Vukovic. And I completely agree. I love the swing on him. And there is big power. And this is going to be somebody to monitor. There's some good nuggets on Perdomo, which I would go check out in there. One that really stood out was they started talking about Jake McCarthy. Well, I've been around McCarthy a couple times. And you know, average bodied kid. It looked like a very average outfielder. He goes, we all know he was athletic and a really good defender, but there was a lack of impact with the bat, which I totally agree with, by the way. They said, but to Jake's credit, he came back from the shutdown, different guy. He says, as drastic of a change in a guy as you'll see, put on 25 pounds of muscle, that's like a la Christian Robinson, and made a radical swing change. He's been mashing, just pummeling the baseball. I don't know how you don't like that. And uh, Patino, someone I'm a very big fan of, did not show power when I uh, when I saw him out here in uh, the AZL, but he was always bad on the ball. He's aggressive. He's he's actually got like a um, he's got one of those like on field anger things, which I like. Like he doesn't seem like an angry guy at all, but he's got one of those like intensity on field just type of mentalities. And I've always been impressed with him, but he just wasn't lofting a whole bunch. They said uh, he's been showing some pop um, since they've come back, and he's also had some swing changes during the shutdown. They said he recently went deep in a game against Angels number two prospect Reed Detmers, who was the number 10 overall pick, and Barfield said it was a huge home run. So I think those are all great. Like I said, you got to take, you know, Josh Barfield, everybody's exciting, everyone's good. But the McCarthy and the Vukovic one, those two stood out to me. Those, you know, in, in the impact of how you're talking about a player and what they're taking advantage of, those stood out to me. And I think those are, those are definitely a couple guys to, um, they've definitely been a couple guys to monitor. Uh, the Red Sox, there was a report, this was by Jim Callis. Matthew Lugo got a little bit of an update. They said he has uh, had the bat speed and strength to develop into a 20 homer threat. I feel like we haven't heard about him in forever. Ben Crockett, who is the Boston uh, Boston Red Sox farm director, said that Lugo has really stood out. He keeps improving defensively and has a really simple swing. So, you know, like, where's all the positive positivity from that? I think that's it's interesting to see him uh, singled out. That's a good point because he's really disappeared. Uh, Gilberto Jimenez. Crockett said that Gilberto has definitively added some strength and size and continues to work hard in that area. Frankly, we're keeping it simple. After losing a season, it's about his approach at the plate, consistently repeating his swing from both sides and using his lower half to transfer power from the ground up. In the article, they got a, a great video of Jimenez with a diving catch. And Jimenez looks noticeably thicker. You know, notice like upper body thicker, I think, which is a really big positive. He makes a great diving catch. You're talking about consistency. This has been a contact hitter who hasn't shown power. So as you as you start to change into more of a power hitter, sometimes you lose your swing. So this is about just saying consistent. And I think those two nuggets on Lugo and Jimenez were important because like, what have we heard? What have we heard from either one of those guys even before the lockdown? Not much of anything. Uh, Jonathan Mayo had a report. So we just get the full gambit of all those guys for the Rockies. And I, I threw them in just simply because like, 
I feel like we get nothing on the Rockies anymore. Aaron Schunk got a little bit of an update. Uh, they said uh, he's come here and led this entire group with his actions and vocally. He's performed well, particularly on balls coming in and throwing across his body. So a little bit of defensive work, but he's kind of been a leader. And Aaron Aaron Schunk is one of the, I don't know, unheralded players. But, you know, you, you talk about Togley and you talk about uh, Grant Levine, and that, that's kind of where everybody goes. Uh, one of the players I've, I've talked about more recently that I've been excited about was Ryan Valady. And uh, they said on Valady, he's really taken to left field. His routes are better. He's figured out the intricacies relatively quickly of where to throw the ball, who the cutoff guy is, that sort of thing. And he and, and Shunk are stepping up as leaders. So there's another leader point. They said Zach Veen um, is getting his feet wet a little bit. Wilson put it, learn how to be a professional. And they're equally excited that a couple of the older prospects, have, that's a part of the article. And uh, Brendan Doyle also was getting some notes, says, you want to talk about this is what they look like? This is what they look like. His body's in great shape, and it's playing out the way on the field. He's spraying the ball all over the field. He's a 50 to 60 runner. I mean, 65 arm. He's screaming major league player. That is their developmental coach talking about Brenton Doyle. Yeah. We'll take all that. We'll take all those Rockies prospects. Uh, only other little notes I have for you. Eric Pena has been sent to Arizona. Even I think this happened about a week ago recently, but Pena was in over in Kaufman, and they sent him down here. I'm presuming to get a little bit of work, but I'll tell you, a lot of these guys just stay out here. You know, the Rangers built an entire facility for their players, and the Royals are doing so right next to them as well. But a lot of these guys live out here because there's hotels right next to the stadium that they'll stay up. And, and a guy like Eric Pena, that's what they would do, especially if they want to, because they can work out. They can go to the facility every day, even when everything ends. And a lot of the international guys, someone like Pena, I think they want to keep here. So I think that's a possibility. And uh, a note that I want to say our boy Barwich shared, but this was on a couple of the A's players. Uh, first off, I didn't even hear about this, but A's special assistant Grady uh, Fussen, Fussen said that the A's, I didn't even know this, were apparently shut down for a little bit in their instructional league camp due to a, a COVID test. But he said he thinks the positive COVID test was actually a false positive as, a, as the player repeatedly tested negative afterwards. So I didn't even know they lost some developmental time. But one note that he did have was Grady said that 18-year-old catcher Tyler Soderstrom is as good as any first-round high school hitter the A's have ever drafted, going back to Ben Grieve and Eric Chavez. And Tyler Soderstrom is a big-bodied... You know who he reminds me of? It, and it's just totally me implanting it. But it reminded me of like when he when like Donaldson was there. You know, he's like a catcher, can play other spots. Soderstrom is a catcher. I think he ultimately moves off the position. I'm not saying he will. I just think from a body perspective and, you know, more bats in a game and maybe defensively, you know, he's a guy that they can move to third or first or maybe even outfield. He's athletic. He's got big power. He might have been the best catcher bat in this class. That's up. I mean, that's up for interpretation. But Soderstrom might have been that. He's a really exciting one. And that is quite push there uh, to be the most talented high school hitter since Eric Chavez and Ben Grieve. I love Chavez back then. So there you go. Those are the updates I have for you as far as instructs go and they come to an end, but I think we'll be able to continue more as the DR leagues start to go. The only other thing I want to share with you was Steamer. Steamer posted some updates for the 2021 season and all their projections. And believe me, 
There's episode upon episode. You could probably do talking about them and breaking them down, but I wanted to share with you guys some of the prospects that you're going to care about. I want to say all of the guys they actually have here, there's two players I'm going to give you that didn't didn't really get work. One kind of did, other didn't last year that they project. All the others got projections, and I'm going to just give you the numbers, and you can do as you will with them. And, you know, I'd love to get your takes on them, but, you know, this is a prospect show, so here are some guys that are still prospect eligible in their projections. So hitters, the first guy you got to talk about is Randy Rosarena. For better or for worse, 23 homers and 21 stolen bases, Steamer projects but a 255 batting average. And I think the batting average is pretty close. I don't think it'll be a 300 plus hitter. I actually think he's closer to that 260 to, you know, going a good year 270. We see where he can go when he's on an absolute heater, but a 2020 season in store for Randy Rosarena. We had a not fiery, but just a great debate that I didn't jump into. And I don't think I'm going to jump into it and get all of it into this episode with myself, but someone was asking in a dynasty league, Randy Rosarena or Marco Luciano. And it was it was torn. And I know there are people right now that are baffled. They're going, oh, and you guys are probably saying different answers. And you're like, what do you mean? This is so easy. And then some of you are saying Luciano and some are saying a Rosarena. And it's like an age-old debate. You know, it's this guy who doesn't come out of nowhere, but takes the world by storm. He's going to have a biopic in 2021 on him. There's going to be a movie about Randy or Rosarena. And you have a guy who has transformed his game. He, he played like a superstar. You would have thought Mookie Betts was out there playing for the Rays. Plays like a superstar at an older age after some transformation versus one of the most exciting prospects to come. I think Luciano will be a superstar. But he's nothing right now. And Randy Rosarena is something. So I think there's people that can make the argument, well, this is clearly Randy Rosarena. Well, you know, maybe, maybe it is, but you know, you're talking about a top 10 prospect. If you had Luciano, would you trade him for a Rosarena? Maybe. I bet you wouldn't. I bet most people that have Luciano wouldn't do it. So it, it's a really tough debate that was going on. There's some great conversation in there, but a Rosarena, 23 homers, 21 stolen bases, 255 batting average, according to Steamer. Joe Adele, our Joe Adele, who mightily struggled this past year. It was it was kind of a bummer. You know, like I expected some of the struggle. Um, I didn't expect as much of the deer in the headlights as we saw, and then it really never improved. He had a game or two where it clicked, but the pitch recognition was so off and it was um I mean it was that that was bad, but the the skills, the tools are off the charts. They only have him projected at 122 games next year, which I thought was interesting. So I don't know if they expect him to maybe start in the minors if there's a minor league season, which I kind of think would happen because they couldn't even play him towards the end. 122 games, 15 homers, six stolen bases, and a 230 batting average. So that's Adele for 2021, according to them. Dylan Carlson, not that much better. Not that much worse. I mean, he's not worse, but and it is a bit better, but... You know, with all the hype surrounded everybody with Dylan Carlson, I'm not crazy pro Dylan Carlson, but you know, there's a lot there's there's there are things to be excited about, but he struggled as much as Adele did last year. Dylan Carlson projected 17 homers, 11 stolen bases with a 249 batting average. I forgot to put the games, but I think it was more. I think it was most of a regular season around 140. 
Uh, Ryan Mountcastle, I thought this one was very interesting. 24 homers, three stolen bases, and a 274 batting average. I was very encouraged with the stuff. You know, remember in the James, I think it was a James Anderson episode, but I was comparing Mountcastle to some of the numbers that Luis Robert was putting up. You want to talk about hard hit and you know ability to barrel the ball and exit velocities, and Mountcastle was really impressive. And they're keeping the batting average at 274 with 24 homers. To Bobby Dahlback, this is another one of those. I didn't put stolen bases because it don't matter. 26 homers and a 232 batting average is a projection. And then one more kind of major production guy who saw a lot of time last year, Andres Jimenez, 13 homers, 23 stolen bases, and a 246 batting average. What I want to prove a point, that is more valuable than Dylan Carlson. Carlson has more homers, but Jimenez doubles the stolen bases. 17 homers to 13, but 11 stolen bases to 23 and about the same batting average. I thought the Jimenez one was fascinating over a full season. You know, that that is a full season run of Andres Jimenez and 20 plus stolen bases. We'll take that all day. That's a cheap middle infielder you can pull. You're not starting him, but that's a, I love that pull. And I'm, I'm kind of pro uh, Jimenez. Leody Tavares, who got some run this past year, has a pretty decent projection. I think this is going to be somebody in redraft you should be looking at because I, he's just not heralded. But projections, 12 homers, 21 stolen bases with a 246 batting average that you can throw out in the outfield. Not bad. Now, I have this other hitter. I'm going to save the guys that got no run this year in their own little territory. So I'm going to move this guy. So I've got three pitchers for you I wanted to note. All of them significant innings. I could have gone through every single one, but I'm just not going to. I'm not pulling Tristan McKenzie and Dane Dunning, but probably the three most important pitchers who got run last year. Here were the projections. Sixto Sanchez, 147 innings to pitch next year, a 3.95 ERA, but only an 8K per nine. So I don't want to give you like a, because I don't care if they're going to say like 112. I don't care about that. I can, uh, let's talk percentages when we're talking about these projections, you know, an 8K per nine over 149 innings. You know, they're just thinking he, uh, when I see that, I still see them thinking that Sixto is going to get hit up a little bit, is going deep into counts, you know, walking, not pulling the strikeout. I mean, he's a good, great ground ball pitcher and he should rely on that. And that's probably a little bit more where the, the K's go away from, but I'm just still very pro Sixto, but I don't think it's a very aggressive ranking on his stats next year. Also not necessarily super aggressive. Ian Anderson, they've got 147 innings, but a 4-3 ERA and a 9.41 K per nine. So strikeouts are still there. ERA gets a little bit of out of hand, but deep into innings and just a solid bet. The other guy you care about, Nate Pearson, 135 innings, a 4.76 ERA and just under 9 K per nine, uh, 8.93 is your projection. So Pearson... A lot less valuable than I think most people would have expected. And I still think there's a lot of adjustment period for him. Uh, But Ian Anderson and Sixto Sanchez overpowering him. Three guys I found, and I could have dug a lot deeper, but I just didn't. Um, Three guys I found that I kind of honed in on that did not play in the regular season last year who have projections. Number one, Mackenzie Gore. They project 120 innings, a 4-4 ERA, within 8.64 K per nine. So he's just a kind of a better version of Nate Pearson next year is where they're at with it. This one is sneaky, by the way, and I love this one. Corbin Martin. Corbin Martin, the Diamondbacks, they picked him up in the, um, 
Oh, what was the... I just completely blanked out on who, who did they get in the... Oh, the Zach Ranky trade. Duh. It was, uh, you know, where they picked up the four players and Corbin Martin had Tommy John, but they were able to acquire him, which is probably what led them to. They've got him projected at 100 innings next year. That is good aggressive. And Corbin Martin, especially if the Diamondbacks, can, they're, they're such a good defensive team. Gold Glovers all around. If they can pick up the bats... I mean, Corbin Martin is going to deal a little bit, and uh, he's kind of fiery too. I really like Corbin Martin. I think that's a sneaky one. And the last one that I'm I'm very perturbed by, and I hope it's not the case, but they only have 13 games projected for Alex Kirilov. For shame. What are you talking about? 13 games projected for Alex Kirilov next year. He played in the playoffs, did not play in the regular season. 13 games with a 274 batting average and only two homers. So there's nothing to project, you know, 274 batting average. Okay. It's fine. But only 13 games. I, um, I'm all in on buying. I mean, I'm all in on buying Kirloff regardless, but definitely into next year. So make sure you go and do that. So there you go, friends. That's the episode. Whole lot more coming up. Ranks are updated next week. 500 dynasty. We're going to do uh, preview positional players. So, you know, catchers. I haven't decided if I'm going to do like first alone because sometimes the first and third baseman kind of intersect. Same thing with second and short. So I haven't decided that yet, but we'll do some previews on the top tens. And in those episodes, it's not going to just be the obvious. I'm also going to talk about players, outlining players that just miss, players that could maybe, you know, change positions into that spot. Like Kirloff would be someone I might talk to you about in the first base um, conversation. So I'll kind of go like, Here's a really deep option. Here's a guy that's close, blah, 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 blah. We'll just have a good conversation around some of the positional ones. We'll also be throwing in some of the uh, rank updates as well. And something I have not decided if it's going to happen in November, but this would be a perk if you're a part of Patreon. I'm going to do some P1 ADP mocks early. And I would love in December to talk to you about some of the results and then also do more in December so we can talk in January. And the... December, January ones might be a lot more industry people as well, but I want to get you guys involved. So if uh, you are part of our Patreon, I will be making a post. So you don't have to hit me up about it. I will be making a post on our Patreon to invite people to take part in a prospect draft. And we will create an ADP, which will be available on my list. And we'll do an early season ADP, earlier than we've ever done before. And we'll do multiple drafts. That's how we create the ADP. So that's going to be something we'll probably start mid-November so we can talk about in December. So I think that'd be cool, right? All right, guys, whole lot going on. Baseball's over, but it's really not. Go check out the Dominican League uh, TV package so you can be watching some games. We've always got the updates for you. You know where you can find me on patreon.com slash ITLarmy. And thank you guys to everybody that supports. It's kind of the off time. So your support is like more important than ever when you do it, when, pe- you know, when a lot of people are just kind of fading away. So I appreciate you. You can also find me on Twitter at IsItTheWelsh and be on the lookout for all the new logo stuff, because we're going to be dropping a whole bunch of new merch, and I might update a couple uh, P1 things as well. So our store, Teespring, just in Google, go Teespring ITL store, is going to have a whole bunch of new stuff with the new logo, and I might update a few things for Prospect 1. Thank you guys for listening. You're the best. Hope this was enjoyable, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye now! With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.